I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome back to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike. And this is Kate. Hello. Hello. We were just <sighs> discussing what movie to go. We're going on a date on Saturday. So we were discussing what movie to see. And I told Kate we should go see Aquaman. And she said, what's that about? And I'm like, the man, the movie with the sexiest man that ever existed without a shirt on pretty much the entire movie. And I've never even heard of him. And our na- nanny was here. And she goes, that's exactly what's going through my head. But I didn't want to say it out loud. I am, um, have been living under a rock. So I don't even know. Like, it, literally, I had never heard of any of the movies that Mike was listing off. So, well, no, because we've been in this whole like I know, baby we, land. We used to go to the movies like three times a week. It was so much fun. Here, I'll just show you a picture of this is a live action photo shoot showing Kate of Aquaman. Listening to you search things on your phone is not interesting content. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> So that's Aquaman. Okay. Okay. Not impressed. Right. Um, I mean, look at that guy. He is. Well, no, fit. he has nice muscles, but I am just like long hair really turns me off, which is why I um, married a bald man. That's true. <laughs> um, so Nothing sexier than not a an issue skin, dry here. skin, falling off bald man around here. It's getting much better, honey. It is. All right. So we are talking about living a life that we love alongside running a business that not only pays the bills, but that we actually also really love. Because I feel like in entrepreneurship, it's common for either life to overtake business and not have the resources or energy to devote to business because you're taking care of kids or taking care of sick parents or you you have a full-time job or other obligations, or that business overtakes life and like squeezes the joy out of your life and you realize oh my gosh I'm spending all this time running my business I don't or just like thinking about my business all the time what is my life actually and I was listening to an interesting podcast which I haven't finished yet but it's with Emily Williams on Sarah Kathleen Peck's podcast Startup Pregnant and she asked a question which I think is really important to ask ourselves which is if we aren't parenting And if we aren't working, what do we actually want to be doing? Because so many people, myself included, like most of my day is taken Mm -hmm. up by either working or taking care of my kids. And like in the times that that's not happening, let's pretend I had a week of where I didn't parent and I didn't work. What What the heck would I actually do? And I have a million things I would think of right off the top of my head. But for you listening, if that's a hard question for you to answer, I recommend giving it some thought as you're driving in your car listening or, you know, doing the dishes. Just like, what would you be doing? So anyway, thank you, Sarah Kathleen Peck and Startup Pregnant. It's a great podcast. She also loves to geek out on the minutia of people's schedules and how they manage their time. So I like to, Sarah and I She's been on our podcast. Yeah. And she's great. Yeah. Okay. One of the smartest ladies I know. Okay. I just created something that she created. What? Well, I duplicated something she created. What was that? The book list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just finished. It'll be coming out. It's going to be live by the time this goes live. But it's uh, every book I read in 2018. Which was a a lot of them. And I did a small write-up of all the books. 
and I think it's mikejwatts.com forward slash books. Something will be there. I'm not sure what will be there at that moment in time. You should make it be mikejwatts.com yeah, well, it, forward on books, it'll books. have the It's going to have the 2018 write-up and the 2019 write-up. So there'll be two banners, and you just click on which one you want, or two graphics, and or links, whatever's there when you go to it. Yeah, so I did the write-up of 2018, and it was really fun. And I saw it on her website, and I just kind of took her idea. Yeah, she does it by the month and breaks it down and what she's currently reading, et cetera. I'm just doing it when I finish them. How many books did you read in 2018? 46. And including, I'm using the medical mediums books as kind of reference materials. So with those four as well that I've been browsing, that would be 50, but I finished 46. But you didn't like read them cover to cover. I'm in the process. Wow. But uh, yeah, 46. It's a lot of books. And which one was your favorite? Do Less by Kate Northrop (laughs) Watts. What's it about? By Kate Northrop, sorry. Your professional name. What is about (laughs) what we're talking about here (laughs) in this podcast. Um, Uh, It's about having a better relationship with, I would say, time. Well, it's it's also, this one was geared towards moms, like working mothers, right? So having, with the 14 exercises, really breaks down, like the example Kate just gave you, is it one of the, I don't think it's one of the experiment, no, because it's not, wasn't her experiment, but it's, that's an experiment that you could run yourself. It's like decide. And so in the book that's what you talk about we're 14 what would be the experiment well it what you just said what sarah does it's saying if you're not working or you're not so in the book you're doing 14 experiments just like that and there's more to come on that as well because i know what's what else we're going to do with the book and around the book launch but like that's an experiment that you break down into some of the 14 something like that it's like start thinking about it differently so it's about having a better relationship with time when it comes to it and as as you're working as a woman the cyclical nature of what the 28 day cycle in your life means and how that actually flows and when you should ideal, you know, prioritize work, certain projects over other projects and how that's different and operate business differently. Looking at it from that perspective versus looking at it from the current business world or a man's perspective is how the business world has been structured, like chasing towards quarterly numbers or half year numbers or yearly numbers and not looking at it more of a long-term strategy. Cause as the men's cycle runs every 24 hours, so every 24 hours we're currently resetting and for women it's not it's every 28 days so i mean that's some of my takeaways regarding the book awesome if you want to know more about the book you can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash pre-order you will certainly be hearing more about it later yes but today we want to talk about how we run a business while having a life at the same time and i would say both of them on any given day are doing pretty well now of course I don't really like to talk about balance because I don't think it's about being equal. Some days are more business, some days are more life. Yesterday was a snow day, so our girls didn't have daycare, and so we just surrendered to, well, today we're hanging out with our kids. And it was not really a snow day, so we went out to lunch in the middle of the day, and there just wasn't that much weather. And I braided Penelope's hair, we, I did our nails, we built blocks, we read stories, we crawled around on the floor. Mike and Penelope watched the movie Sing, which if you have not seen it, it is adorable. It's so great. Phenomenal movie. And the music's great and the dancing's great. Mm-hmm. And the animals are adorable. So yeah, so that was like a day where it was more life than business. I would look at it, just to add to what you said today's gonna be about, it's about looking, I think it's restructuring the way, what we have done up to this point. You know, and you restructured your the way you've so operated. So tell me more about that. Because even when we ha- when Penelope was born, so there's pre-kids, right? Which we worked a lot. We traveled a lot. We went out to eat a lot. You know, we that went to life, a lot of movies. Went to a lot of movies. That life was much different than when kids arrive. 
it's like a big smack in the face where it's like you got to change things up right it's like that's what happens and yeah. uh and then going from so going from zero children to one child and i think we for a while we tried to operate still running our life the same way and now to a certain degree in our business the same way and that's changed when you started coming up with the idea for origin in december of 2016 that is when you started operating business differently and you looked at life differently to me i mean i think when i got pregnant with penelope is when i started operating oh, yeah. differently because my body forced me to but in december 2016 was when i started tuning into the fact that there was actually this greater framework that had been operating i just hadn't been paying attention to it and i thought well what if i actually paid attention to it what might happen mm -hmm. and what happened is i for sure what happened is i feel so much more satisfied by my work and i feel like i have found for the first time really my work as opposed to just doing things that seem like they might be a good idea and you know over future episodes i'd love to talk more about that like how do we find our as gail larson from transformational speaking talks about how do we find our original medicine how do we like tap into what we are i don't really believe in purpose per se like that you know my purpose is to be a writer for example like i don't believe there's just one thing and i think that that can really silo us and be limiting but at the same time I know the feeling of doing work that just kind of is work I could do versus doing the work I am meant to do. And I'd love to talk about that in future episodes. But anyway, I know for sure tapping into cyclical planning and cyclical living allowed me to tap into the work I am here meant to do, which was a total unexpected byproduct. I was just trying to be more productive and less exhausted. So those things hmm. also happened, but... I feel like I got this benefit that was even bigger than what I could have asked for. Cool. Yeah. I like that. So that was really cool. So, you know, one of the things that we do, and I think we've talked about this before, so I just, you know, I like to get practical and nitty gritty. One of the things that we do that I think makes a huge difference is our weekly planning meeting. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to talk about like what makes our life work and what makes our business work alongside each other, I think that weekly planning meeting is key because you and I know what the other person is doing and we kind of see landmines ahead of time like particularly miscommunications or lack of child care <laughs> landmines I feel like often it's the lack of child care landmines where we're like wait a second we both have an appointment scheduled out of the house at the same time when daycare is closed or something like that so that weekly planning meeting, at least for me, is a huge, I don't know if it's as significant for you, but it helps me to feel like, okay, we know what's coming, we've prepared for it, we've asked for the help that we need, and I think it prevents a lot of drama in our marriage and in our business that could happen otherwise. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's not even just the, are you going to talk about, well, the shared Google calendar goes yeah, along with that. Go it's, it. it's, we know what each other are doing. You know, and so it's not, I don't have to call Kate and be like, hey, what are you doing right now? And it's just like, oh, I can just look on the calendar and be like, oh, she's in a podcast or something, you know, and it makes life so much simple and freeing, right? It's organized, it's organized scheduling and organized life. And honestly, it took me a while to get on, like to actually do it. Cause remember when we first started dating, I just kept everything in my head, like school, 
you know, back in college and stuff, I just memorized my schedule and would just go to it. I didn't have a calendar. I didn't care. I always tried to do paper calendars. I tried, I don't know, so many different things. And it never, like I never stuck with it because I just memorized everything I needed to get done, homework-wise, any of the work-wise. And, you know, it's once we started working where, you know, I learned Kate kept a calendar since she was 14 years old. I was like, who is this person? Like, who does that to plan friend get-togethers? Like, what is happening? And then we started, then I started putting more things in my calendar. But what was funny, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I felt very self-conscious about sharing my Google Calendar because re- remember, I I had your calendar synced up with my calendar like probably two years or a oh, year that's before. that's true. I and I felt so that. self-conscious about, hi, Ruby, Ruby about sharing, she needed to eat. sharing my calendar with you because it was not as filled as yours. And so, wow, yeah, and I, because this is part of our relationship dynamic that's created like I honestly I didn't re- I couldn't name it, but it's like created anxiety in our marriage to a certain degree based off how filled Kate's calendar was and how busy she was, quote unquote, right? But honestly, you would put like you know if they're a daycare, you put those in in the calendar. So giant yeah, because otherwise hour, I don't remember. Like right. I, there's giant everything eight, in my life goes on my calendar because yes. then I don't have to hold it in my brain. Right, and it makes sense. Like there's giant eight hour blocks blocked out for like the kids at daycare, right? And so that's just part of the, what we know: Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever. Yes, and I also have no problem with overlapping. You know, like I like to layer the calendar so that I have my foundation, which is childcare, and then yes, you know, yeah, because then I I just I'm a very visual person, so Google Calendar really works for me, so that I can see everything in those colored blocks. Yes, I understand. Yeah, now I get it, and so it makes complete sense now that I'm on board with it. I'm like, it's really easy because I just book an appointment, and then we just you know I hang out. I'm even lunch dates with like my buddy. I'm meeting with lunch on Monday, so I put that in the calendar. Which is also helpful because I so this just happened before we hopped on the podcast. I needed to schedule our next podcast recording, and so I could look at the calendar and see that on Monday. Mike has something at 1.30. So I scheduled this other thing from 12 to 1 because I could already see when we both had the available time. So what's really nice about this from a marriage perspective is that when Mike and I are talking, we can actually have, because you know, you get like limited, we have more time than the average person because we both work from home and we work together. But even then, like there's not that much time for real conversation without the kids there. And so... I love having the calendar system because then we don't have to take up those precious minutes that we have together with the minutia of like, oh, wait, I need to do this podcast thing, whatever. Like instead we have a system for it so that I don't have to have that conversation with you. Right. Even though I did confirm, but still. Yeah. And we confirm with each other by sending each other calendar invites. So I think we've talked about this before, but it's like one of the key aspects I think that make our business and life work together. And even if you don't work with your partner, it's super valuable to sit down on a Sunday night or a Monday morning for five minutes. It does not take us long. We sit with our calendars. We walk through everything. We talk about what might be needed. We talk about who's going to get the kids and who's going to drop them off and 
yada, yada, yada. We see if we need a date night, like that kind of thing. And then we move on with our week and there aren't those bumps in the road of, well, you didn't tell me you had a work meeting at night. Like, why didn't you tell me? Now I'm here with the kids and I'm, you know, like, I feel like those sorts of things are so common when parenting young children, just like feeling like we're not getting our needs met and looking at the calendar ahead allows us to at least more times get our needs met, even mm-hmm. though I wouldn't say we're always getting our needs met, but but we have more opportunities to ask for that. Yep. And that's really helpful. But you were sharing something earlier before we started recording about about your shift in perspective around work and life. Well, what what's the title of this podcast? Um, Do we have a title? It's like, I feel like we've been all over the place so well, far. So no, I feel like we're on track. the The podcast is about I don't exact the exact title. But the podcast is about the dance between business and life and how we make both of them work. Got it. So I th- feel like for me, I mean, I guess what I was talking about earlier, why I was asking those questions regarding origin and starting for, for how we've changed work purposes or our work practices in the last couple of years and what. And that'll, you know, it continually evolves, right? So it's going to change as we move forward as well in the next five years. You know, once kids are older and they don't need, you know, Ruby's out of, you know, if Ruby's, once Ruby's in kindergarten and in school, like that will change as well. But what has become clear for me, it's like that work-life, it's, I don't want to call it the work-life balance, but it's like, since I've been sick, like I, I really got knocked out. You know, a little bit like what happened with you during pregnant when you were pregnant. You like you you pretty much got taken out. You know, not in the same form, but it was you had to sleep a lot and rest, etc. And for me, since I've been sick, the same thing happened. So from October, November, and December, there was a lot of really really November and October, there was a lot of reflection. And in December was the same thing where I got to the point where. I was listening to this call with Brene Brown. I think it was Brene Brown who said this. I think I actually said this recently on this podcast, but she said men are driven by achievement and women are driven by connection. connection. I think it was on the Dax Shepard show. I and love that show. Yeah, I think we talked I about this last podcast. I am into it. We did. But for me, it was so clear because everything, Kate and I were laying in bed one day and we were getting ready to go to bed and I've been journaling every single day and why I've been sick, just kind of writing highlights of my day at the end of the day or whatever and just how I how how things went and so at the end of the day I was like you know I was talking to her one day about the how much I got done today and it was like feeling like my energy's back I was like okay I got to take a walk and it'll be so great once I don't have to you know nap in the middle of the afternoon and rest and restore everything and she said well instead of trying to figure out how you how much you got done at the end of the day what about how you feel and I never even thought about that. And I've actually told my buddy Bradley about this, our friend Amy about this. I mentioned this to somebody else. I mentioned this on a pod. I was recently featured on a podcast as well um, last week. And I talked about it on there and people were like, oh my God, that's blown away. So for the high achievers or just the achievers in the world, type A personality people like myself, it's to ask yourself at the end of the day, how do you actually feel instead of how much did I get done today? I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of revolutionary for me, right? And so the, that's how I've been thinking about my life and business in the past couple of months, you know, where it's I go to work because I was at Pilates today. I went back to, it's my first real somewhat organized exercise since I, since like September. 
and had the energy to go and i was there and it was towards the end of the class and i was getting it was a one-on-one session but we were in the session and my head started to get hot and i noticed since i've been sick it's time to quit or it's time to do something different because it's just like too much exertion or something's happening energetic wise yeah it's too much heat and it's time to quit it's time to move on to something else time to take a breath so I breathed more and she was like, how you doing? And I said, I'm about done. Like I, I got to call it quits because it, it happened this morning or it happened when we're, when we're moving around the house. This happened when I was taking the Christmas lights off the tree. I was like, I got to get down. I got to chill for a second. And so chill for a second and then I can reset myself. And so that's paying attention to how I'm feeling, which is much different than what I've done previously and just push through everything. And it's just like, you just go through and you just get it done regardless. So for me that was a place where I'm looking at how to run business moving forward that simplify things that feels better instead of, and so a lot of it came down to the ego. When we had a business conversation, we were doing our year in planning about this. For me, it was about the, what do I want to accomplish? How do I want to feel? It's much different than trying to build the biggest company in the world in a shortest period amount of time as fast as possible. And so that is very ego driven and that's kind of how I operated my life and business for a long time and realized that's not fulfilling because I started, you know, reading about just people, you know, it's like that the book I wrote, read about male depression talks a lot about that. And that's called by Terrence Real by, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and when I read it in that book, it just talked about how we don't want to talk about what's really going on and we just push through things. And so that's really been revolutionary in the way I've, and so it came back to, it's like looking at this time with Penelope and Ruby and our kids and like our family and our life and the setup of what we were able to create. The whole reason I started a business was for this exact reason was to be at home with my kids. You know, that was something I didn't want to miss out at a young age. That was the whole reason I started back in the day before I even met Kate. It was just like, that's the reason it's be financially free, pay off my debt you know, buy a, you know, buy a house, like have a place to call home or rent or whatever you end up doing, just a place to call home and then have a great place for the kids to grow up and then be somewhat and feel happy while I'm there. And the truth was like, I operated for the last, I don't know, decade, 15, 20 years, maybe of not really probably longer than that. Yeah. It's like 20 years ago, basically 16 is when I started drinking and smoking weed and stuff. So that was 20 years ago. Cause I'm 36 and it was the way uh, it's like to really look at life again and actually create the happiness and like be happy in the moment that I'm currently enjoying, which is much different than how it was. Like, I got to get to the office quick. I got to bust out the work. I got to do, 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 you know, it's like rushing to get everywhere at every place. And yeah. And that perspective shift for me has changed how I've not only approached our family, like, yes, it still gets hard. Like yesterday was hard by the end of the day. Cause I was up with Penelope at four o'clock in the morning yesterday and she didn't take a nap, you know, so it's still challenging throughout the day. And it got at the end of the day, I was like, I am ready to go to bed. Like, let's call this quits. And then we watched Blackish and we went to bed and it was hilarious. And the episode was great. But it's also changed the way I look at other people, right? When I'm, let's take social media, for example, it's like looking at social media. I don't, there's no envy right that that replaces there or looking at face or how i spend time on there i'm not doing ch- i'm not checking out as much as i used to i noticed that where it's like you know checking on instagram all the time and yeah so it's been a it's been a cool shift for myself amazing yeah Sorry. Kate has a binky i have in her a mouth. binky in my mouth <laughs> okay 
Oh my God, how much of my day do I have a binky between my teeth? All the time. <laughs> All the time. So I woke up this morning, there were like three binkies There's on There's binkies the, everywhere. On the kitchen floor. Hi, Rubes. Hi, Bubba. Yeah, no, I think that that's a, such an important shift. And it's not, you know, this stuff that we're talking about is so simple, but I believe like it is the daily practice of our time. At least, you know, I don't know, like, that's too broad of a statement, but it's my daily practice. I'm just going to say I'm going to keep it to myself, um, which is no, no, I agree. being if, present with what's in front of me yeah. and checking in to ask myself, is what I want, are my goals actually, and we talked about this last week, are my goals aligned with the truth of who I am or are my goals ego-based? And am I yep. seeking something through these goals that I think they're going to somehow, <laughs> excuse you, that I think they're going to somehow satisfy me? And if so, like, what is that, basically? And so, anyway, I've been noticing recently one of the ways that I'm bringing more joy to both my life and business, it, just in the last couple of days, is noticing, I even noticed it this morning. So you were going, you were leaving at 8, I slept in with Ruby until seven, which was dreamy and rare that that happened. So I soaked that in. And I, then, I was up at 3.30 because Ruby was crying. Yes. You could have fallen back asleep, but I know you couldn't. I know you by couldn't. that time it was four and I just got out of bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so wait, hold on. Let's stop because I'm going to bring her upstairs and okay. I'll be less distracted. Okay. Baby has been delivered. They, well, that sounded like... <laughs> I'm an OBGYN. <laughs> I mean, I handed the baby up. <laughs> okay. So basically what I've been noticing in my daily life just this morning, it happened where I was like ready to get the day started. And I have this thing that I get caught in, which is the morning shuffle of the kids and the showering and the food prep and the diapering and all the things is like not my day. And that somehow my day starts when I start to work. And that just makes no sense. So I've been aware of this for a while. I talked about it in my book, but that's why I talk about these things as a practice. You know, I don't think anybody, maybe they do. I don't know. Do people talk about themselves as a master meditator? Maybe they do. But like, I think that these are my daily meditations on, okay, Kate, like notice how once again, you're thinking your day doesn't start until the kids are squared away and you're showered and you're at your desk. No, actually, your day starts the minute you wake up. Yes. So, Which is how I, I used to operate the same way until the past three months. Mm -hmm. So that shift for me has been powerful, noticing how often I'm wanting to, noticing, not how often, but noticing when I'm in the moment talking to you or doing something with the kids and I'm wanting to speed that moment up so I can get to the next thing, which I have deemed somehow more important than the moment I'm in. And I have noticed that even when my day gets thrown off my plan, like yesterday when we had the snow day, I'm still like, we don't jam things into our business life that much that one day of not being able to work throws us off in a huge way. Like, it's fine. And I think sometimes I operate in this belief system, and I've seen this with a lot of entrepreneurs, that if we're not producing, then we are not valuable. And that's what my whole, that's what my whole book is about. And so this is just a lifelong practice for me, noticing when am I trying to rush through the current moment? 
and how can I actually be here in the value of this moment? So that's one of the things for doing the dance between business and life is being where we are. And obviously we're not the first people to talk about this, but I think that a lot of spiritual teachers teach about being present because it's really helpful (laughs) in terms of actually enjoying your life. So, because as entrepreneurs, there's always going to be the next growth goal. There's always going to be the, you know, it's different than, let's say, having a job where you do something similar every day. As entrepreneurs, we are working on something, not that in jobs you're not working on something new all the time, but I'm just trying to think of a job like, let's say if you were checking out groceries, for example, there's probably not like a huge overarching goal that you're shooting for from a job perspective on a daily basis versus like as an entrepreneur, a lot of the things I'm working on are related to a bigger project or a bigger goal. And so so it's it's really finding the dance between what brings me joy right now in this moment and how can I also find joy in going for something bigger at the same time? And I certainly don't have an answer about that, but it's something I think about a lot. I like it. Mm-hmm. Are you picking on people that check out groceries? Not at all. Oh, okay. I just said it's two different. It's two different yeah, I scenarios. I know. No. I love the working at the grocery store. I used to work at the grocery store in, in high school. Awesome. So much fun. I used to bag groceries, take carts out. Anyway, we used to line up a hundred carts in a row, and we, my buddy would get his car, and we would push the carts into the into the store. So all the carts from one parking lot at the same time at the end of the night to make it anyway more efficient <laughs> so you were you were still looking for ways to be more efficient oh all the time my whole yeah. life has been spent I working know. at more efficiencies i know like looking at waste and all that stuff so what are some of the other things that you think as we are navigating business and life uh, i'll just say another thing is like having a network of support i'm gonna say one more and then you, you no no no, it's fine you you, you <laughs> stopped yourself in mid-question i know because answer, i had yeah. this other idea i just think that having a network of support is so critical for having a business that works and a life that works. And that can look all different ways for all different people. But for us, it looks like having both of my parents and my bonus mom live pretty close by. And none of them do like regular childcare, but they're all, you know, in an emergency, they're here here, Mm -hmm. or even in a non-emergency in a like, hey, it's Saturday morning. Do you want to come hang out with the kids? Yeah, totally. So having a network of support, having our neighbors around, having friends close by, being able to have people that we can text. I think that as achievement oriented people, we take for granted how critical having that network of support and connection is. And for me, it is the lifeblood of my life and my business. I wouldn't, you know, new motherhood is so isolating. Business can be really isolating if you're an entrepreneur and other people in your life are not. And so having that network of support has been really critical, whether it's my online communities or my offline communities friends, family, and doing what it takes to nurture those relationships. Because I just will say, like, you don't want your relationships to be transactional where you're only reaching out to people when you need something. So for example, yesterday I was driving in the car because Ruby won't take her afternoon nap unless we're in the car right now. I don't know why. But I decided, I was like, who? It's the middle. It's a, it's a Wednesday afternoon. 
who do I want to talk to, to just check in and see how they're doing? So I called a girlfriend and it was so nice to just call somebody randomly in the middle of the day and have a good conversation. And so those, and I wasn't calling because I needed something. I wasn't asking for anything. There wasn't like, I had no agenda. It was just such a nice thing to do. And so think about, you know, I actually made a list. I literally made a list of who my real friends are for whatever reason in 2018. I had a couple of scenarios come up where I just was really grossed out by an interaction and really realizing who my real people were versus who they weren't. And I made a list of who my true friends were. And so nurturing those connections to just say like, yeah, these are the people I want to invest my time and energy in because these are the people that make my life worth living. At Mm -hmm. least for me, that's how it feels. I agree. I think for guys listening to this, it's even more important because as what I stated earlier for us, it's like we were fulfilled by achievement. Women were fulfilled by connection. I feel like connection is a piece that has been not been prioritized. And in my life in the last five years, I've definitely made a priority to create more men guys in Maine, like here locally. More men, 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 you're going to be creating, be creating men, guys? men guys. How are you going to do that? Yep. Just having connections <laughs> with, with other dudes, right. in in the state of Maine that, allows me to chat with them about like real stuff. Not like what's up, dude. You know, it's, it's really actually having real conversations and that's become a reality and it's been truthful. And so for us, like I know individuals right now that are going through it where they're getting older, you know, you see the, you see the numbers of suicide rates rising for older men and it's increasing for men and it's been always been higher for men. The violence is an issue within men mass shooters have all men you know it's like these are massive problems right that exist and a lot of it i mean i'm not a doctor or psychologist or whoever does all that therapist but it's like looking at that from a from a connection piece and being like what's going on there you know really digging deep and if it's something where we're connecting with other humans that we have support systems because if our whole life is geared towards just doing our work and then that's over what happens next? You know, what is, what, it, what happens next? Like we're all going to die, right? It's just a matter of time. We're all going to die. So we can either die being fulfilled by what we ended up doing and the people that are part of our life or being depressed because we didn't have that in our life and trying to get fulfillment from all the achievement that we end up doing. I mean, you just take the great example. I love like, it's like you just look at Trump, right? Being the president of the United States and it's an easy target, right? There's so many things, but he is probably one of the most unhappiness, 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 is that a word? Unhappy people? Unhappy. Unhappy people in the world based off his interactions. I don't know him personally, but just from a, he doesn't a view seem in, happy. he doesn't seem happy. Yeah. And you could say, quote unquote, is he's accomplished everything that is like, he's made a billion dollars. He's built a successful company. He's, you know, and there's a lot of manipulation, all this other stuff, but right. That takes place with him. But the, it's looking at that that is not what everything is kicked up to be. And I, you mentioned this earlier about is our kind of our generation or this time and age, like this day and age, is that what we're exposing to? I think it is because it's like, you think about the way millennials want to, I'm a millennial, you're a millennial, like want to operate. We're, we're as that comedy special, we are elder millennials. Elder, elder millennials. We're on, the, um, we're on the front end. We're on the front the end. So it's, we remember rotary phones. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's saying like, business is being done differently now and it will continually to evolve. And I feel like the, 
like my dad, you know, retired from BP. And there was just, there was an element of, even though the government, the government's on the shutdown right now while we're recording this, right? And it's like, there's always been this quote unquote guarantee that existed. And I feel like it allowed people, when I think back, I don't know this for, but my own mind, it's like, it allowed you to kind of check out a little bit to be like, that's always going to be there, right? right? My grandfather was retired from Kenamental longer than he actually worked there. And he got a pension and healthcare was covered until the day he died, right? So it was just like, that's so unsustainable and practical sense makes no sense. Like to me, it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's very expensive, right? And so the way work relations have changed, it's adapting. Also, this has happened because there's been more diversity in workplace, right? There's more women that are working there. There's more people, there's more immigrants that live in this United States from 50, 60 years ago that are working in the workplace and they're all having voices in these rooms and been like, this is dumb. Yeah. Like, well, the model, you know, this idea of like the nine to five or the eight to six work week, it was just created when we became industrialized. Like it was invented. Yes. And now people are actually looking at, well, does this actually serve us? Now, some people are looking, (laughs) we are looking at, and I actually have an entire chapter in do less about the data that supports doing less and the companies that are going down to a three day work week or a six hour work day, for example, or less even because the data shows that a 40 hour work week and certainly a 50 plus hour work week not only does not make us more productive, it makes us less happy, it affects our mental health, it affects our physical health, and it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, it's unnecessary. And I think that that's what we've lived into since we've had kids is working less and figuring out how to make the work that we do joyful and how to make it count. So I just this idea of working less, by the way, I just want to say it kind of assumes that you don't like your work. And I personally love my work. Like I had on Monday, I had a block of five hours to work on writing some copy for an upcoming promotion we have it was so joyful and i felt amazing at the end of Mm -hmm. the day so i just don't want to assume like i would imagine many of you listening actually really like your work but it's just about okay like i have that and that's a source of joy in my life and then and then we have this family and this life and that's also a source of joy and so I don't want to get caught in the false illusion that somehow there's going to be some day in the future when I get enough done that then I can begin to live my life. Right. And I think that's the trap. Correct. So this is also a little bit helpful if like when I worked at Philip Morris, for instance, you know, I had to be at the job for, I would show up at one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon and be there until 11 o'clock at night. So it's not something that doesn't allow the flexibility as much as we have in our life now you know and if somebody's at a career where it's like that somebody's got to be there to man the machines right because they're running 24 hours a day and you if you're in a manufacturing facility you just can't shut down for the most part and turn it off if if product and customers are for the demand right i mean you could depending on what the business is and how you want to run your business but i think for for me what if i look at what we've been talking about today which would have been helpful at that time which is to like before work during work and after work it would be setting even at work is taking maybe i needed a few minutes here and there for myself etc and then before work is making sure that the time and self-care is built into that as well yeah because it is exhausting having kids working full-time etc like it gets tiring 
Well, something I've been doing that I've been noticing, like when you talk about the idea of instead of how much did I get done today, asking how did how do I feel? Like how did I feel today? Yeah. And how do I feel at the end of the day? Like something I've been doing is is waking up and working out very first thing in the morning. So that's been amazing with how much I feel different by the end of the day. Now, if you told me a year ago, you need to wake up at 5.30 or 5.15 and exercise before you start your day, I would have like, I would have been very irritated. And to be perfectly honest, I've been really resistant to any kind of morning routine like that. But I will just say it's only been a week and a half or so, but I feel so much better throughout the day because I moved my body. So that to me is becoming more of a linchpin around how to make our business and our life work together is always, 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 as much as I can, prioritizing my body. And for me in this particular season of life, that means movement. We're in an energized time with Penelope. We're in a pretty energized time with Ruby. I'm no longer recovering from birth. And I feel like nine months out from the birth, now I'm feeling like, wow, my body wants to move. So I'm not telling everybody you need to wake up at 5.30 and move. Your body might be asking for more sleep. Your body might be asking for time in nature. I don't really know, but I know my body is asking for movement right now. So I'm prioritizing that by putting it up front at the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. So in summary, Mike and I are really in this pursuit. And I think obviously you're listening to this podcast, you know this, we're in this pursuit of figuring out how do we have a business alongside a life that we love? How do we do both well? So it's not so much about balance, but it's about, to me, it's about integration and how they dance back and forth with one another. Because there are times when we can have an integrated moment where it's personal and business together. And then there are times when they really are quite separate, but how do we switch back and forth and how do we live a life that has the amount of both of those things that feel good to us? Mm-hmm. So. We do have tools for these things. We've talked about cyclical living. We've talked about our weekly planning ritual. We've talked about figuring out how to work less, but be more effective in those times. And I created a a brand new video workshop called the Origin Workshop about how do you manage your time and energy with grace and ease as an entrepreneur so that you can have a business that really works and a life you love right at the same time. So if you're interested in this conversation, you can head over to myoriginworkshop.com. It actually starts today, the day this podcast goes live. So you can head over there. It's live. Video one is live. I'm really proud of this work. It's like, it's coming out of my cells. That's all I can say. And if you want more spaciousness and you want more rest and more ease and to live in that place of creative flow, then this workshop is for you. So myoriginworkshop.com. It's awesome. So we had our weekly planning ritual, Mm -hmm. being present in the moment we're in and knowing that our life is actually happening right now, not later. We talked about shared Google Calendar. We talked about moving our goals to be aligned with who we are as opposed to ego-based. We talked about movement and what else? That was pretty much what we talked about. Yeah. Great. So those are our tips for today. Yeah, enjoy. Thanks for listening. Go to myoriginworkshop.com. So for years, I've been thinking about holding and hosting a high-level mastermind, paid mastermind, for a small group of women who really want to go deep over a long period of time to 
take their businesses to the next level. I've had the opportunity to be in close conversation with a lot of business owners who are further along in their journey than me and kind of learn things behind the scenes while we're making eggs in the morning or like curled up on the couch with tea at night. And those opportunities have been so valuable for our business growth. And I want to offer that kind of small, intimate, going deep opportunity. And so I finally decided there were a couple of signs. It is time. And I am officially opening doors to the Origin Incubator. So this is for entrepreneurs who identify as female, who are well established so you have consistent revenue you have consistent customers you more or less know what your offerings are and it's high level and it's going to be small only 10 women and some of those spots are already filled so if this sounds good to you and you would like to work with me quite closely in 2019 and also have an opportunity to work a little bit with mike throughout head over to origincollective.com forward slash incubator. So again, that's origincollective.com forward slash incubator. And you can learn more about the program and you can learn about how you can apply. I hope to see you in the program.